eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Bucknutters. I almost forgot the date. It is Tuesday, February 7th, 2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change coming to you a little late this morning. That is on me and my super normal family life, but I am thrilled to have Pat Murphy here. Usually Steve Wolfong in this spot, but recruiting has taken a little bit of a time off and Steve Wolfong is resting himself on some Caribbean beach, I'm sure. So, Pat. How goes it? Caribbean beach would be nice, but uh, not bad otherwise. Not bad otherwise. I'll try and live up to Wilt Fong without the recruiting knowledge. Neither of us has director in front of their title. Hence, <laughs> neither of us spends many time on uh, tropical locales. But what we do, do uh, what we can do is talk about the Buckeyes, hopefully enough to entertain you for a little bit this morning. Pat has an excellent story up as part of a series he's working on, and that is guys who can get things done in the off season and really improve their status with the Buckeyes. So we're going to talk football here for most of the show. Then we're going to take a break and talk basketball after that. Once again, if you're not a basketball person this way, you don't have to listen to the second part of the show and complain and thread about the coverage of basketball. Albeit, I will admit, even my staff is probably complaining about covering basketball right now, but I digress. Let's talk about the offense. You mentioned some guys that can really improve their stock. Let's go over the dudes you chose. Maybe some other guys who are close to the mix. Yeah, there were a couple obvious ones uh, for this story. Guys that can basically just help themselves this offseason the most. And and I think you could probably argue some other guys in here. But combo core Devin Brown, I think that speaks for itself. It's the quarterback competition we're going to be talking about for the next several months. 
I know Ryan Day said he'd like to have a front runner by the end of spring, and he probably will, but I don't imagine he announces anything at that point. It just wouldn't, you know, there's, there's no point in publicly putting that out there and risk one of those guys getting upset and, and jumping in the transfer portal. So those guys obviously can help themselves a huge amount with, with what they can do in terms of winning the starting quarterback job. Beyond that, I talked about Julian Fleming. Look, last season was his first season as a real contributor for this team. Um, he caught, we'll have the numbers here. He caught uh, 30, oh, he had 618 receiving yards and four touchdowns on 35 receptions, but he was 533 receiving yards and six touchdowns behind Mecca Buka, and he was two receptions below Cade Stover on their stat list. So it was a good step in the right direction for a guy who's been hurt quite a bit, but another good offseason, and Julian Fleming's going to miss spring practice, so he's going to have to do it in the summer and in fall camp. But getting healthy is a big part of why he can he can get even better, and that will be the focus for him this spring. I wanted to touch on the offensive line. I wasn't sure exactly who was the best guy. I went with Josh Fryer because he's a guy we know is going to be a key contributor. It's just a matter of where. Ryan Day said when we talked to him last week that he could even play left tackle. I think most people kind of had him penciled in at right tackle. But they're going to do some things, give him give him a shot at that position. But I think he could have done a number of guys on the offensive lines. And Mikowski, Tegris Chabola, George Fitzpatrick, um, you know, Carson Hinsman's a guy that came up and in, in talking with the Ohio State coaching staff quite a bit. So I really think it's a big offseason for all of the offensive linemen that aren't the returning starters, Donovan Jackson and Matthew Jones. But I didn't want to list every single one of them. So I went with Josh Fryer because they're going to need a tackle, whether it's the left or right tackle. And if he can lock down one of those positions in the spring, that makes them a better team going forward offensively. Dallin Hayden, look, Buckeye fans saw a lot of him this year, probably not as much as they would have liked given the running back situation, but he's walking back into a crowded running back room. Assuming all of these guys are, are back and healthy as we expect them to be. Mayan Williams, Travion Henderson, Evan Pryor, and now Chip Trainum's going to stay in the running back room. All of those guys except Chip Trainum are going to be limited. Mayan Williams wasn't listed as a guy who's going to be hurt, but I can't imagine he will do a ton in spring given how what his workload was like last year. So this is a big offseason, I think, for Dallin Hayden heading into his sophomore season to establish what he can do in terms of this running back room, where he fits to make sure he doesn't you know, take a back seat to anyone next year and really give Tony Alford a, a headache in a good way in terms of who plays, how much, who gets the most snaps. And then uh, the final guy I went with was Joe Royer. And obviously Cade Stover coming back means that Joe Royer doesn't have to take a big leap this offseason, but it would be nice to have that number two tight end that the Buckeyes like to use. We saw it with Cade Stover when Jeremy Ruckert was here. We saw it with Mitch Rossi this past season. Um, Joe Royer is much more of a, of a receiving tight end, more in the mold of Cade Stover, but I think he could take a step and, and give them another option. And you can never have too many options, especially with the young quarterback stepping in. We saw it a little bit this season, but Joe Royer was hurt early in the year. He had some personal issues. His mom, unfortunately passed away. So he took some time away from the team, but to get back and kind of get his progression back up and running, he obviously played a good amount in the playoff game against Georgia when Cade Stover got hurt. So I think he can build on that and potentially be that number two tight end for the Buckeyes. 
yeah, Royer, I would assume, you know, another year in the weight room, just getting yeah. bigger and stronger uh, will help just because of what he's asked to do when he's in line. And my guess is, like you said, when you're a receiving guy, they're waiting for you to prove that you can hold the edge. And so a little yeah. more weight for him and a little more time in the weight room would be great. Running back to me is fascinating just because of all – every guy you named has a question to be answered this coming year. Five guys – I guess Hayden has the least amount of questions, honestly, in terms of <laughs> physicality and stuff and, and how healthy he is. But if you look, like Travion Henderson – who is he? Is he the guy two years ago or last year? Mayan has had trouble staying healthy. We don't know anything about Evan Pryor yet. Chip Trainum is a mystery wrapped in a riddle, wrapped in a transfer, wrapped in a position change. And then you have Dallin. Um, it's an interesting setup, man. Uh, it's not a talent issue. I mean, there no. are, I'm sure there are some programs that are worried about having guys talented enough. These are five guys I could see being NFL players. It's just one of them has got to stay healthy and, uh, get to work on that. Okay. One of the things I also wanted to discuss is how the roster is going to look eventually as we head into the season. So right now, you know, we're kind of establishing a new calendar as it, when it comes to the roster with the portal and stuff like this, like for example, national signing day has become, you know, almost a, a fly on the windshield based on the new schedule and the recruiting calendar. And it used to crash the site and with the portal and stuff, things are changed. So we're going to go through spring practice, but there's going to be another roster uh, change across the, the nation. Cause some guys are going to leave and some guys are going to come back. So like you said, I thought you hit on the key point here. A lot of this is just how the staff deals with it. The most obvious one being quarterback, like there's no chance they'll name a starter before the next transfer window closes, you know what I'm saying? But like, who are some guys you're thinking about? How do you think the roster is going to look? And I guess what everyone's really going to ask, and we'll address some questions here. Do you think they'll go back into the portal with any kind of vigor? Yeah. So to answer your first question, once spring's done um, from May 1st to May 15th, the transfer portal opens again and guys can enter. Well, guys can enter at any point, but that's when you can, you can go back and, and land guys. Obviously, there's a little leeway on that because Ohio State landed the the Davison Igbenosan, I think is how you say it, the cornerback from Ole Miss, technically after the transfer portal was closed. But I, I don't. Bill Curlick explained it to me, and, and I'd have to have him explain it again. But they were able to do that. So there's a little leeway there. But that's the main window you need to know when it comes to the transfer portal in that secondary window. Um, I think a lot of this is going to depend on what plays out in spring practice. We mentioned the running back room. Um, you know, if, if Dallin Hayden has a and Chip Trainum look great and Evan Pryor is looking at that while he's recovering and thinking, and I'm just spitballing here, but sure. you know, he okay. says, look, there's there's probably a better opportunity elsewhere. There are four guys in here that may not let me get on the field. You know, maybe he goes and, and looks elsewhere. Maybe a, a couple of these receivers after they see kind of how things are playing out in spring. Um, you know, I think possibly the, the safety position, there's uh, the linebacker position. Just I'm thinking of places where there's a lot of talent and, yep. you know, linebacker, your two starters are back. You're only playing two guys. Now, I think a guy like CJ Hicks, I know there's been some some conjecture about him. I think they're going to find a way to get him on the field and uh, mm. keep that five-star Ohio kid happy. So I don't worry about somebody like that. Uh, in terms of additions, I think Ohio State's going to evaluate everything and, and look 
We know that they haven't been the most transfer portal heavy, but it does seem that that's shifted a little bit this offseason. They've already added, I think, five guys, two guys who can probably come in and play right away, maybe a third in Victor Cutler if, if he can step up to that Big Ten level. So, look, if, if there's not a clear two tackles that are ready to step in right away, I think that's a position they've already looked for tackles. And as I mentioned, more guys are going to enter the portal. So that's a, a position that could be of need if no one really steps up. Um, I think most of your other positions, you're probably pretty good at. The cornerback was the one, but I think you've addressed that. Now, if there's injuries to that position or, or really any position and you don't feel you have enough depth, I think they could dive back in in that capacity. But I think for the most part, the offensive line is the one, at least right now, that I think would be the area needing addressed come that secondary portal, again, depending on what happens in spring practice. Yeah, I agree completely with that assessment. Um, the, the the issue is at Ohio State, it's hard, <clears throat> put it this way, most guys transfer for an in, uh, hoping for an increase in playing time. It's hard to crack the lineup at Ohio State. I mean, who, think about it, what guy is going to leave his program that's good enough to step right into Ohio State and start right away. Like Davison Igbenosin is a tremendous example. That kid's only played one year. We've got him for several more years. I think most people think transfer window. They're thinking a guy coming almost taking a post-grad year here or a, a one year before they try and get to the league. Um, I also think it'll be easier to get guys in the next transfer portal because Ohio State, even if you take a guy now and say, hey, uh, we're going to start you, you know you're going to have to go through spring and beat a guy out. Um, once it's more obvious coming out of spring, also, unfortunately, this is football and guys can get hurt, you know, running an out pattern. So, you know, you never know how the roster is totally going to look. But um, I do think they'll be in decent shape. I don't really – I thought you addressed also the key point. I think when people start to hear transfer, they get worried about the elite guys that are a little bit lower on the Ohio State steps chart. Believe me. You were going to see, and Sonny Styles and C.J. Hicks better get their endurance up for spring football because they're never coming off the field. Believe me, their tongues are going to be wagging. So don't worry about that. Um, the low-hanging fruit, believe me, the staff is all on top of that. Yeah, and to, you, to that point, just to that point, follow up on what we started with, I'll have today sometime a uh, story on the defensive guys who can step up the most in spring. C.J. Hicks, Sonny Styles, definitely on that list. Look, as I said before, with a guy like Brian Williams, they're not going to run guys who played a lot into the ground. So Tommy Eichenberg's out for spring, but Steel Chambers isn't going to play a lot. Let's let's be clear about that. You know, this is going to be a CJ Hicks, Sonny Styles, those type of guys, a big offseason for them because spring practice, you, you just don't need to, to beat down the guys that you know what they can do already. So they're going to have their chance this spring for sure. Hopes remain high, believe me, within closed doors for uh, Hicks and Styles. They know what they're dealing with there. They know that sure. when you put on the the Peach Bowl and you're looking for guys who can run and, uh, you know, trade punches with Georgia and look look the same, those two dudes do that. Um, Sonny Styles and CJ Hicks are going to be a lot of fun to have here. We're going to take a quick break, come back and talk basketball. So if you're one of those types, <coughs> excuse me. This is your chance to hop off. So what we got here time-wise, we're about 13 minutes in. Okay. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. We are back. We're going to talk some basketball, and then at the end, we'll take a few questions from the peanut gallery here on both topics. But the basketball team, those of you who do follow the team know that traffic is increased on Bucknuts when things go wrong with the basketball team. For some reason, when things are going swimmingly, no one, no one really cares. When uh, we lose a guy to the transfer portal or screw up in recruiting or don't win games, <coughs> excuse me, we seem to have a lot more to say, and we are in the mix. They are struggling. Um, you know, I used to get frustrated towards the end of the Thad Mata era when this time of year he would be asked a question and say, we're still kind of searching for our identity. Well, if you're searching for your identity in the second half of the conference schedule, it usually means you don't have an identity. This team, I don't know what I'm going to see game to game. Um, Usually with a team, you get into a groove with them. You can start to feel rotations. You can start to see things. I have no grasp on this squad. I don't know who's going to play well game to game. I know Bryce Sensabaugh can score the ball. The rest of it feels like a crapshoot. We've seen guys play tremendous. Each guy on the team has had, I can almost pick out a performance from each guy on the team that's been worthy of, you know, his rep and his expectations. And then they'll come back and dudes will go into a slumber for three games. You are on top of this. You cover this team as closely as anybody. What are you thinking right now generally? And then maybe get down to some specifics. I know we had the emergence of Bruce Thornton. I said, I hope that was an emergence and not just a guy getting hot in the game. The fact that he was named captain the day afterwards, mid-season, he's a freshman. I don't even want to get into what that could mean symbolically, but take it and run with it. Well, I think, and I, and I wrote this recently, I think when you get down to it, the, the simplest answer is the right answer with this team. They're just not very good. And Steve Hellwagon wrote about this the other day. He, I think he talked about it a little bit yesterday with, with Dave on the BM5. The talent is not what they expected it to be. Look, Justice Suing, we heard for a year plus that he was going to come back and be this do-everything point forward. He's not. And whether that's a year off or he just never was that guy, he obviously had some good moments a few seasons ago. He's not. And, you know, Bruce Thornton, he we saw some really good things early. You just mentioned that Michigan game, but he's a freshman. And he hit a freshman wall. He dealt with some injuries. Uh, you know, you can go down the list, Zed Key being hurt and not playing as well as he can, but also only being 6'9". And Felix Akpara, I know you'd love to see more of him, but you saw what happened when he plays a real center um, for, for significant minutes. 
on, on Sunday. Uh, now he also had positive moments against Zach Eady. It's just, he's a freshman. And, you know, it's not like these are one and done freshmen for the most part that, that the Buckeyes brought in. So they need time to develop a little bit. And I think what, what has occurred to me the most recently is coming into this season, a lot of people, you, me, Steve, but even people on our board who, who are just basketball fans said, you know, if this team could come together, then it could be a pretty good team. There's some parts there. And I just think it hasn't worked. You know, the transfer guys have been okay, but none of them have been great. And, you know, I think Sean McNeil has been a nice piece when he's able to get a shot off, but teams are really defending him well. Isaac likely hasn't scored the way he did at Oklahoma State um, and, and just doesn't seem to have that ability to get to the basket. He can get to the basket. He just can't put it in. Uh, and then Tanner Holden is MIA right now, and, and that's a weird situation in and of itself. And I asked Chris Holtman about it again yesterday, and he just said, you know, we tightened the rotation. We decided to go with Eugene Brown the third. And if you've watched Eugene Brown the third, no offense to the kid, but that's an indictment on, on Tanner Holden right now. So <laughs> I just don't think it's worked as well as they thought it has. And look, is is there a reason to be upset with Chris Holtman and, you know, as, as a fan – you know, start start shouting things into the abyss. Sure, um, I I certainly think Chris Holtman needs to be questioned. I don't think he's going to be relieved of his job at this point. He's got another good recruiting class coming in. If we're at this point la- next year, and you're saying a lot of similar things, I think that's when the seat really gets hot. He may be out the door at that point, um, but it just hasn't worked. And you know, you go through this every few years, probably with the program, um, there are going to be down years. And unfortunately, this has been a really down year for the Buckeyes. And as I posted, I think it was during the Wisconsin game in one of the threads, look, I have to watch every single one of these games. I'm, you know, I'm getting paid to do it, but yeah. And, you know, it's, I would much rather watch this team be really good and, uh, you know, be pushing for the top of the Big Ten and stuff as they've been in recent years than watch whatever the heck we've seen out there most nights. So, you know, I, I wish there were a simple answer. I don't think just firing everybody and transfer portal is that answer. Um, you know, I think it's really just, it's, it's been a bad year and you've got to, you know, hope for the best and that they get it going again next year, which I think they will. There's a lot of talent on that team. Uh, still some questions, but yeah, that, that's a long winded answer to, to your question there, Dan. But I think there's just a lot of things that have not worked for this group. Yeah, um, this is a tough situation. One of the things I find so bizarre about this is that uh, if you go like 100 miles outside Columbus, there are people talking about Holtman possibly taking over at Notre Dame. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a bizarre situation. You wonder if he's going to be in a position where he's like, maybe I'm just not appreciated here. And uh, leaves on his own accord for Notre Dame. I don't think that will happen. Obviously, Ohio State's usually not kind of that kind of a job. But the issue is they keep. It's almost like they're chasing their tail in that they don't have the roster set up exactly the way they want. So they aren't achieving to where they want, but they are creating holes for freshmen to come in and do enough that they're. Like Malachi Branham should be the leading scorer on this team, right? But there was a hole in the team yeah. last year, so he was able to step into that hole and thrive enough to get to the league. Bryce Sensabaugh shouldn't be the, as main of a guy he is now, but he is, and he's going to end up leaving. So I'm saying, like, it's like fifty. Like I mentioned, 
about my parenting skills before we went on the show, it's like 52 pickup to me. I don't feel like I like when I watch Purdue play, they play a certain way. I know that he's recruiting to a certain way. They kind of always look the same. Um, Michigan state has a kind of vibe to it. I don't know what the vibe is on this team. Like what's their, what do they hang their hat on? Are they a uh, offensive team that can really, you know, are they defensive? Do they really? So it just seems like I know 52 pickup is a very cliche term, but they're just inconsistent. And in basketball, inconsistent's the worst, man. You can average 20 points a game, but if it's 30 points one game and 10 points the next, you're not helping anybody, man. You can't yeah. – your coach has to play checkers, then he can't play chess. And so I think a lot of this is angst towards Holtman. And look, when you're the head coach, it's all your fault. Every player's – he's been there long enough now that he's recruited pretty much – I think I'd have to go back and look. He's recruited every player in the program. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're all his. So if they thrive, like Malachi Branham, you get the credit. You get the credit for Bryce Sensabon recruiting you got to take the blame for whatever else. And they just – I don't think it's that they don't play hard, but like you mentioned, there is a lack of chemistry. There is a lack of like that eye test, they call it in basketball, something where you can just see it. And when guys like you who are there for every game really don't know what's going to happen game to game, I think it's an issue. Also, for everyone, if you think it's bad to watch the games, imagine having to talk to these guys after every game. Come up with questions and 19, 20 year old kids who don't know what's the problem. And you're sitting there. It's a very, and that creates angst and frustration and stuff for kids. So where do you see them going from here? Do you, is it salvageable? Is this the kind of team that, you know, the light comes on and they make a run in the big 10 tournament. Um, I mean, Purdue is a really, really good team. I don't know if there's any team in the big 10 this year. That's like crazy dominant. that can't be beat. Um, what's your vibe on where it goes from here? It's hard to predict something like that. I mean, it's college basketball. You know, we were talking after interviews the other day, a handful of people standing around that, uh, look, that UConn team did it a few years ago, running through the, the tournament and then the NCAA tournament. But then as Steve quickly chimed in, Kemba Walker's not walking through that door. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, unless Bryce goes nuts and starts to get some help, it's tough to see them making that run through, you know, it looks like they're going to have to play Wednesday in the Big Ten tournament, though that could change if they could start winning some games, which would be nice for them. But it's just hard, as you said, it's hard to predict anything with this team right now. Yeah. And I think one thing that you didn't mention that I think should be addressed is the leadership of this team is is a problem. And right. you had a guy like Kyle Young, EJ Liddell, even a Jamari Wheeler who was only a one-year guy coming from Penn State, but those were legitimate leaders on this team a year ago. And now you're asking Zed Key, Justice Suing, Isaac Likely, who is another transfer, to be the captains. That's why they did this revo that you touched on. Bruce Thornton named a captain because he's been a guy who stepped up as a leader, but he's a freshman who's dealing with an injured wrist and wasn't playing very well. So, you know, you, you need leaders. You need at least one guy on a basketball team that can, you know, grab guys and, and kind of force the issue. And I think Isaac Likely is that guy off the court but then he doesn't perform on the court. So like how much can you buy into a guy, even if he is a good leader off the court? And I think that's part of the problem. And, you know, and yeah, I don't know Isaac if that's. Likely, yeah. I like he's been here for 20 minutes. Yeah. Right. You know I'm it's very and, hard to come in as, as an, as a veteran like that. Now, some guys have that. The Kravorka, they called it on Seinfeld or like the magic chem. They're just leaders. By the way, if he was that much of a leader, he wouldn't have transferred. If he was that good. I mean, they wouldn't have let him go. 
So come on, man. It's just, uh, I'm not, this is just me personally. I don't think you can build a quality, quality is a stretch. I don't think you can build a consistent Big Ten championship challenging team if the core team is transfers. I'm just not going to buy into that. Um, just assuming to transfer, you know, what we need is Bryce Sensible and Malachi Branham to play together. That's when yeah. you're talking Turkey, man. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's real recruiting. And we're never getting a chance to do that because of the other vacuum parts of the roster. Look, last year they had two guys start who were borderline lottery picks. You know what I mean? Uh, Liddell didn't get drafted as high as he should have, but they were rumored to be that throughout the year. And then three other guys who weren't pros. So, I almost feel like Holtman is his timing's almost off right now. You know, he hasn't been able to get the roster to where he wants. <clears throat> we'll see. All right, we're gonna take a few questions and then boogie out. One here, one man. last one last comment, Dan. I saw Larry on here said listening to Holtman when he was mic'd up uh was when I made the decision he can't coach at this level. I've sat behind the bench at Ohio State basketball games multiple times on the road or at the tournament. That was not Holtman coaching. That was Holtman knowing he was mic'd up. I talked to the SID who said, he said before the game, why the heck did I agree to do this? I think he was very cognizant. And I went back and watched some of that. It was weird listening to the, you know, he was clearly trying to just not, not swear, not yell things. You know, it was, I don't know why he decided, you know, you, you Ben Johnson, I think is, is Minnesota's coach. He just did his thing. It seemed like. I think that looked weird for Holtman, but I will tell you and say what you want about Holtman, but I've heard this from a number of people, including friends of mine. That's not how Holtman normally is on the bench. He's he's normally much more engaged with what's going on and whatnot. So I just wanted to add that in real quick. No, it's a, it's a good point. And look, Holtman's going to be the story until this gets fixed. For That's sure. Just fact. Yeah. That's just the way it is. And, you know, uh, like we don't take any joy in that, but I mean, he's a big boy now. He knows... I mean, he's got a big house in Upper Arlington. He knew, you know, he got you get that for a reason. You can't you can't uh, pay that big of a mortgage on on your salary and then not expect to take some crap when things don't go well. And he knows that he's a big boy. The real I'm telling you, it's very interesting though. I mean, he was even being talked about for the Kentucky job when uh, Calipari was struggling. I get he's got those Kentucky ties, but there's some there's just some interesting like uh, yin yang and perception being. Uh, Reality issues here going on, but we digress. We're going to go to a hold on a sec. This is one basketball thing. I don't want to just address this. Okay. Hopefully, next season, basketball team rebound. Use yeah, Bryce Sensabaugh is going to the NBA. That's a fact. No one should have their hopes up that he's coming back. Once you are started to be discussed as a lottery pick, oh, late end of the lottery, midway through your freshman year, you are gone. That's a fact. It would be silly for him financially to come back. Um, I had one question from Chris Glover that I wanted to get to real quick. Chris Glover, where are you at? And it was about who, okay, here we go. Question for you, back to football. If the football team were to target a position group in the summer transfer window, which group is the prime candidate to rehash? I think Pat and I both believe if there is an offensive lineman, like, for example, God forbid there's an injury uh, to the offensive line of the guys we're even discussing, um, then I think they will be very aggressive in the portal and go get a tackle or another, or another offensive lineman. Um, that would be the group I would look at the most by far. Um, 
I would have said corner, obviously, because corner is one of those positions, you know, you can take a guy from any scheme and just plug him in there and he can play some corner. Offensive line is a little bit different than that. Right. Uh, but I would think offensive line for sure is uh, where they'll go at. Let's see. Okay, we'll discuss this in Boogie. Not announcing, because we discussed this too, not announcing the starter quarterback in the spring will be a disservice to the other kid. You are correct. And by the way, that's how it works. Um, this is not a service industry where they are only focused on what's ever best for the children. This is a uh, big time football operation where you need to have uh, many quality players at the most important position in the sport. It would be coaching malfeasance if they were to name a starter beforehand, unless it's just so obvious and uh, behind closed doors, it's kind of a well-gone, you know, a foregone conclusion and the kid knows he's boogieing, but there's no reason for Ohio state to do that. That makes no sense. Would you agree? Yeah. At least publicly, look, you right. can sit down with each of these kids individually and tell one of them, look, you're ahead right now, but you got to keep up the work and tell the other one, look, just keep grinding out there. You're doing well. You know, there can be those private conversations and you don't even have to say, Kyle McCord, you're the guy going into the off season. Uh, I remember when, when CJ Stroud was the, the summer before he became the starter, they didn't name it until fall camp, but it may have been, I don't know, remember how we heard about it, but you know, CJ Stroud was, was telling people in the program, you know, teammates, friends, whoever it is, I'm the starting quarterback at Ohio State. Now, Ryan Day hadn't named that. I don't even think Ryan Day had told him that. But it was it was clear that summer who was the guy. And, you know, the coaching staff will do what they need to do to to keep these guys in the team. You know, it, it not only – I don't even think it hurts the players necessarily because you keep working. And, look, if, if Devin Brown, for instance – has to spend one year, one more year sitting behind Kyle McCord and then transfer. That's not the worst thing in the world. Kyle McCord, if he decides to hit the transfer portal down the road, he's going to be uh, pretty high on a lot of people's call list. So, you know, I, I don't think it'll hurt either guy. But yeah, Ohio State's going to do what's best for Ohio State. This is a, a big boy business for sure. And they, uh, they don't want to lose one of their two potential starting quarterbacks because they make a decision. Also, what happens if over the summer, one guy gets hurt. One guy doesn't perform as well when he's named the starter. You know, you want to keep those competitive juices flowing into the season or as close to the season as you can. Now, there becomes a point when you got to name a starter. And I do think that you want a guy to lead the team and all that. But, yeah, I think you want to keep it going as long as possible, at least from a public per perception. Yeah, shed no tears for Kyle McCord or Devin Brown. If either one of them wanted to leave Ohio State, there would be – a line uh, out the door for them to go and uh, they would have countless suitors on uh, in college football that would love for them to come there. So quarterback at Ohio State's not a, not a position you need to worry about in terms of uh, only thing you need to do is get your uh, hotel for the Waldorf Astoria in New York every year, because pretty much you play quarterback at Ohio State, you're going to the Heisman Trophy ceremony. What a place to finish. We appreciate Pat stopping by, kind of a smorgasbord of current events, football and basketball. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a good one, Bucknutters.
Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.